All right, everybody, it is time for another episode of the Crypto 101 podcast. But before we dive in to our awesome, awesome guest and conversation today, I want to remind you guys of two things. And the first one is that if you go to Crypto101insider.com, you can join our private community. Here's where we have our model portfolio and all of our top picks. We also have uh, Crypto 101 University. Uh, where we have hours and hours and hours of written and video content that explains blockchain and explains cryptocurrency in a very bite-sized and easy-to-understand way. Uh, And we have a weekly newsletter that goes out and quarterly state of crypto addresses that go out. There is just a ton of value packed into this every which way. So I want you guys first uh, to go to Crypto101Insider.com today uh, if you haven't already. I also want to remind you guys that Pizza Mind and I recently just finished a book. Uh, It took 11 months of our lives to write, and we're calling it Crypto Revolution, Your Guide to the Future of Money. We walk you through this fascinating world of cryptocurrencies and blockchain, and it's part history book, it's part instructional guide, and it's going to really show you guys why cryptocurrencies are globally disruptive and how they're going to actually change in real life and in real terms the way that we buy and sell and even live. We include a bunch of how-tos on getting started with your first exchanges. Uh, We give you tips on how to safely buy and sell and store cryptocurrencies, as well as how do we evaluate potentially good cryptocurrencies. And the best part of the book is that we're giving it away for free. All you have to do is pay for shipping and handling. So go to CryptoRevolution.com and pick up your copy today. All right, everybody. Welcome back, all you good, wonderful citizens and crusaders of Crip Nation. Man, it has been a wild start to uh, to the week. I mean, <laughs> we're, we're recording this Tuesday, September 14th, and uh, we're joined by Brandon, Brandon Millman, uh, uh, who's the CEO and co-founder of Phantom Wallet. Uh, but before we introduce him, uh, holy smokes, uh, you know, yesterday we had... A, uh, a fake news announcement that Walmart was going to be uh, kind of including Litecoin in their suite of payment services. Uh, Litecoin then proceeded to pump $4 billion in market cap over the course of about 15 minutes. Um, and subsequently, uh, some Walmart executives quickly put out a, uh, a disclaimer or a um, kind of a, a denial of that and said, we have no recollection of this. We, are, we have no idea of, like what's going on. It's a scammer. Price came back down. And, and so that was uh, that was a very interesting one. And then today uh, we have a whole host of uh, network attacks, uh, DDoSs, distributed denial of services. It seems we're not really sure what's going on, um, but it happened last Tuesday on Bitcoin um, when you saw, you know, all these exchanges got hit with an overload 10 times the amount of normal activity. Um, and, and we're seeing Solana with some, you know, some spam transactions. We're seeing Ethereum with a bunch of spam transactions. Pizza Mind, in this crazy, crazy world, you know, how do we find, how do we find a little bit of truth? What's going on? Well, uh, the truth is on chain. So you can read the news and they can say yes, they can say no. But if you have a block explorer, like crypto blockchains do, you can see for yourself and you can see the stats for yourself. You can see the graphs for yourself where there's these huge outliers of transactions out of nowhere that are overloading networks. 
And if it's penetration testing Tuesday, that's going to be when they decide to launch these attacks to make sure that the future of finance is properly hardened and decentralized enough. Well, that's what we're going through. Uh, another trial by fire. So who's behind all this stuff? I have no idea. When this happened last Tuesday, the president of El Salvador tagged the IMF on Twitter and said, thank you for the better buying opportunity by <laughs> knocking Bitcoin down $3,000. And I just bought 500 more. So he got his theories. I have no idea who would uh, benefit from trying to down Bitcoin lightning nodes or Solana or whatever. But there's uh, that famous uh, cliche uh, that says, you know, first they, laugh at you and then they ignore you and however it goes first they ignore you then they laugh at you then they fight you and we're in that fight Mm -hmm. you phase and then you win that's Um, right but anyhow (laughs) uh it's been an exciting definitely start to the week and we are really really jazzed to dive into our week our, our our guest this week who's brandon millman uh, CEO and founder of uh, Phantom Wallet. Welcome to the show, Brandon. Sorry about all, all that whole tirade in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, no problem. It's exciting times. And yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, we, uh, we're we excited to dive into basically, um, you are, you know, and I, this is just an analogy I've kind of thought of, and I'm not sure if many of you folks um, at Phantom have considered yourself like the MetaMask of Solana. Would that be like a fair um, kind of translation? For people who have never heard of Phantom Wallet, yeah, I'd say in the in its current form or iteration, that's that's definitely the case. That, that would be accurate. Yeah, but we're we're, we're definitely excited to see uh, how you guys are going to be evolving way past uh, what they're doing. But uh, yeah, Brandon, catch us up uh, b- before you even got into crypto, before you became uh, you know a, a co-founder of one of the most uh, powerful applications currently in the cryptoverse. What were you doing, and and really what pulled you into crypto yeah that you know that's a that's a good question uh, i'll try to give you a, a tldr um but yeah but you know before i entered the crypto sphere um i was working uh for a while as an, an engineer at twitter um and this was back uh 2013 to 2017 and i think basically you know my story sort of resonates with quite a few people out there who are probably on the sidelines right right now working for quote unquote big tech, you know, basically over the years, just was working on large scale consumer tech stuff, basically eventually became disillusioned with sort of the typical work loop that um, is involved with that sort of thing. So it's a lot of, uh, you know, quote unquote, AB testing, politics, a lot of, a lot of bureaucracy, et cetera. And, um, you know, I know I I wanted to break into a a nascent industry, um, and eventually found myself over to Ethereum, which was, this was back in 2017. And yeah, that, that Ethereum really blew my, my mind because it was sort of this entirely new way to think about building consumer applications. And then, you know, instead, instead of signing in with your email and password, you sort of plug, you plug in your wallet to one of these applications. Everyone shares this giant open um, database. And it was just kind of this cool new way to think about applications. Anyway, so I found myself my uh, myself spending sort of more time reading white papers, you know, as one did back in 2017, versus like doing normal work. And um, you know, I took that as um, you know signal to sort of just to just dive in. Um, it was a good time, right? Yeah, you know, it was uh, yeah, it was sort of you know very like today. It was sort of like the last big hype cycle. 
uh, which drew in a lot of talent to the space. The song that the song that kind of comes to my mind right now is "Like a Virgin" because I do remember those days in 2017, reading my you know my early white papers and thinking about it. And man, it was just you start to your your mind just starts blowing every other white paper, and you see a, a new problem and a new way to solve it just consistently. It was a, it was a great time to be uh to be in the space, especially if you if you um you know were working on consumer applications for for a while. Um, and I, you know, I, I think a lot of people are in a similar position. Anyway, I, I dived in 2017 and, um, you know, originally I was sort of drawn in by this sort of consumer application angle. Um, but we basically quickly realized that a lot of the tech, the technology was basically way too early for a lot of these super lofty applications that people were, were dreaming up. So there's like chatter about decentralized Airbnb or Uber or whatnot, uh, Twitter. Anyway, so I, I tried to find something a little bit more on the infrastructure side and ended up finding my way over to um, ZeroX, uh, which was sort of this interesting blend uh, between like an infrastructure company, but also serve this consumer application, which was trading, which you know is still sort of the predominant use case of the or uh, predominant types of uh, decentralized applications. So yeah. Anyway, back, so in 2017, I joined I, I joined ZeroX, um, then proceeded to do a bit of a deep dive on uh, decentralized exchange specifically for the the next basically three and a half year, to four years, and yeah, that's sort of how I, I I got my start in the in the space. Well, that's awesome. Uh, ZeroX is one of the backbones of Ethereum DeFi, handling liquidity from one place to the other and uh, really breaking up this fractional reserve that was happening and bringing it all together. So that's a great place to get an education. Uh, amazing devs over there. And quick shout out to uh, to the company or the team, I should say, Matcha, uh, M-A-T-C-H-A, matcha.xyz. It's a great uh, decentralized exchange and it uses yes. uh, 0x so that you could place on-chain limit orders. So it's pretty cool. Absolutely. And then you found yourself with this idea, you just woke up in the middle of the night in a, a horrible sweat, like, oh my God, I need to build a wallet. Why? Of all the wallets out there, you said, no, mine's going to be different. Mine's going to be better. Mine's going to be revolutionary. What were the problems with the wallets that you saw then that you wanted to fix in Phantom? Yeah, good question. Um, and yeah, you know, speaking of, of Masha and, and all of that, so, you know, we, so that's zero actually basically did this. It was a lot, you know, in 2017, it was sort of this much more nascent time where people are still trying to figure out what blockchains were good for. People are still trying to figure that out, but we have a little bit of a better idea, you know, but, but terminology like DeFi and NFTs are just not even around yet. And so everyone was sort of like working on their own sort of slice of this new like web 3.0 stack. Uh, we were sort of doing this deep dive on, on, onto decentralized exchange. And so uh, while we were at Xerox, we uh, developed a number of widely used applications. So uh, my co-founder, Chris, he was the general manager for the Matcha project. Uh, and myself, I sort of uh, headed up the uh, Xerox API, which was sort of the backend for uh, Matcha and also the backend for quite a few different sort of like swap experiences on, on Ethereum, including like MetaMask, Zapper, uh, et cetera. Uh, anyway, so we, we uh, you know over time we basically became power users of 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 MetaMask and and wallets, uh, 
not only from a cons uh, consumer side, but also from the developer side. And yeah, while while we're doing that, uh, we we basically sort 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 of started accumulating our own wish list of items and features that we wish wallets had, and wallets being another sort of critical piece of the web. 3.0 infrastructure, basically the way you sign into these apps and, and use them. And yeah, we felt that basically the, the, the current state of things is that they're sort of holding things back. They're sort of like the first touch point um, for a lot of users entering the ecosystem, whether that's on Ethereum or Solana or whatever blockchain. Uh, usually first thing that people do, they hear about an app they want to use, they, they go and they, they download and install a wallet, set it up, et cetera. And so if we can really solve this problem of, of helping people uh, have their very first impression or touch point of, of using blockchains be super awesome and great, that can really act as an unlock for like the entire ecosystem. I love it. No, that's really cool. And so you moved uh, from Ethereum over to Solana. Solana has been getting a ton of uh, attention, you know, you know, going from what it was in January, $3 or something up to about $210 just a couple of weeks ago. So I think that, and plus the scale of the move was, you know, you know, tens of billions of dollars. It wasn't just like, you know, small little, uh, you know, small little micro cap coin that went up 20x or 30x it was you know it was a really it was a really big move and so i think it grabbed the attention of a lot of institutional investors i know a lot of the guys uh from chicago that are you know quantitative trading uh you know, they got really big into um into solana so can you kind of you know both a you know i know you're not a representative of solana you're not speaking to it uh you know you know representing it but it is the first blockchain that you decided to build on so i'm curious as to why you chose it Kind of what is it? What 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 makes it that secret sauce that that attracts people so much? Yeah, well, I guess like stepping back a bit, I guess you know we sort of yeah, like I mentioned, uh, we want to sort of tackle this problem of of sort of building this awesome wallet that's a first touch point for for people and uh, first experience interacting with DApps and blockchains, etc. And you know, obviously, the incumbent in that space is is MetaMask. Um, but we knew that we we wouldn't be able to compete directly with MetaMask, or it was not necessarily the uh, the best choice to kind of go up against the king, especially when we did not have like a complete product offering and and polished experience. Um, so you know that was sort of one one motivating factor for for starting on Solana. The, se the second one is that we knew that uh, we wanted to we knew that a lot of Crypto companies, including Xerox and other other adjacent like DeFi projects, were um, realizing that the future is going to be this multi-network, multi-chain world, um, and we're sort of doing some internal calculus around how to maneuver around that world. One of the factors included, you know, does that network have a usable wallet or not? And we sort of realized that, yeah, we wanted to go build this multi-chain this wallet. And we also didn't want to compete with MetaMask directly at first. So basically, you know, when we got started, we wanted to take a bet on a nascent ecosystem that was was missing its flagship wallet. You know, this is you know earlier this year, and so basically, yeah, we were doing a bunch of research, and at, you know, at the time, Solana had a lot of early signal that it, it could be a big winner. I think basically every chain or network touts uh, that it's faster and cheaper. So this is sort of like table stakes thing. 
So, you know, that's sort of one factor. It's faster and cheaper. I think everyone sort of like just believes that. And then, but, you know, there's other things that we noticed as well. So, so one is actually interesting in that it is not a quote unquote EVM compatible chain. And that means basically the software that uh, is written for Ethereum is not compatible with, with Solana in a straightforward way. So people need to build things from scratch as a port as as kind of opposed to like maybe porting an application from Ethereum to like Binance Smart Chain, which was EBM compatible, and people forked sometimes just bad code. Exactly, and so a lot of people would tout that as a as a as a negative for for Solana, but actually what we we noticed is that um, because there was a lot of rebuilding of some core. Uh, tools and stuff, even though it sort of got a slower start, it actually sort of facilitated sort of this small, genuine, more genuine core of community develop, development versus more of like the copy pasta, dri- drive by, <laughs> copy and paste type action that you're seeing on Binance Smart Chain and and all of that. And so that you know that's one thing that we noticed. There was this sort of genuine core of community development, and then there's of course like adjacency to big players like FTX and, you know, there's news about Jump today, which was not necessarily like not public before, but it's just more public now. Uh, Jump just being very into uh, Solana. And then another thing that we saw was like a very large deployment of the USDC on on Solana as well. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. anyway, all those things combined. Yeah. Um, no wonder it's being fact. attacked. That makes perfect sense now. <laughs> no, did you say no wonder it's being attacked? After- yeah, the SDC or the SEC is going after stable coins, calling them stable value coins now because stable value funds are under the SEC's jurisdiction. Hmm. Um, and with the coming, you know, digital dollars going on around the world, uh, the last thing they want to see is USDC deployed along another really fast, quickly settled chain. Makes perfect sense, guys. We put all the puzzles together. <laughs> we solve the mystery here on Crypto 101. <laughs> if only it was that easy. Many of you guys have probably heard about how the market for collectibles, including NFTs, have gone totally crazy over the last year. And the problem, though, is that even if you wanted to invest in some of these assets, the price tags are simply out of reach for most investors. But there's actually uh, solutions to this problem, and I want to tell you about one of those right now. So this podcast is actually sponsored by Otis. So Otis is actually an investment platform that makes it possible for almost anyone to invest in shares of cultural assets. So here's how it works. You download their app and you sign up for free. Then they've got over a hundred items available for you to invest in uh, from rare collectibles like sports cards and comics and video games to NFTs and contemporary art and even rare sneakers for all you sneakerheads out there. Um, And shares usually start around 10 bucks. Plus they add new assets every week. And then thirdly, Uh, you can actually earn a potential return if Otis sells the underlying asset for more than the price the item was dropped at or uh, by selling your shares to other... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options. In stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Otis members on Otis's real-time trading platform. So there's art, sports cards, video games, and so much more. And I love music. And I actually just saw on the site uh, actually a boxed first-generation iPod, which is now 20 years old, which is pretty cool. (laughs) So right now, Otis is actually offering listeners of this show a free share. How about that? When they fund their account. Pretty cool. So all you have to do, go to www.withotis.com dot com slash crypto 101 and sign up for your first share for free so that is with otis which is w-i-t-h-o-t-i-s dot com slash crypto 101 and guys terms and conditions do apply today many small business owners are busier than ever i mean time spent searching for and interviewing candidates can take time away from managing and growing a business And that's why LinkedIn Jobs has made it easier to get the candidates worth interviewing faster. And it's free. In fact, I mean, here at Crypto 101, we used LinkedIn to hire our newest employee, Ryan. And funny enough, he actually in turn worked with the folks at LinkedIn to partner with us here on the podcast as a sponsor. So so how about that? Uh, You can create a job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 770 million people. Uh, You can focus on candidates with the skills and experience you need, uh, and you can use screening questions to get your role in front of only the most qualified people, and then just use the simple tools on LinkedIn Jobs to quickly filter and prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates worth interviewing faster. Did you know that every week, actually, uh, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash crypto. That's linkedin.com slash crypto to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Well, here's something that isn't easy, and that's still transacting in crypto and figuring out how to get 
money from one person to another in different places in the world. Brandon's a fan of Solana. I might be a fan of Kadena. Bryce might be a fan of Maker. Uh, and we want to accumulate more of the tokens that we like. Do you think it's going to matter what blockchain people are using in the future? Or can we get all that stuff going on under the hood, talking to one another, and simply send any funds we want to a human readable address? Possible someday? Yeah, I think it's it's definitely possible. Um, and yes. yeah, it's it's basically our our medium to long term vision is basically there's going to be this world of decentralized apps out there, Web three point apps or whatever, however you want to call them. And basically, we we want Phantom to be the tool that people first reach for when they say, hey, I want to use this application. What do I install first? Phantom should be sort of like the first inclination to do that. Uh, and, you know, and part of our and part of the challenge to sort of reaching that goal uh, is creating an awesome experience that people can use to access all these applications, no matter where they exist. And you know, I'm not claiming to know that I have all the answers or what this end state's going to be like or what the appropriate sort of level of abstraction and details are. And that's going to be part of our challenge. Uh, but I do think definitely think it's possible. And I do think, you know, the world is moving to this more multi-network world where people are going to want to use multiple networks and, and, and all that. So, yeah, sort of a blockchain maximalist if you will versus a specific being in a specific camp yeah a, a multi-chain future and i think that's something that that pete's and i uh definitely adhere to and, and believe um but i want to hear about um your series a I, I believe i read that you guys closed uh an investment round and you guys uh are, are you know you guys raised some capital to expand your footprint in the industry tell me a little bit about that process what you know what's it like you know for a lot of people out there maybe are building wallets and want to raise money so what's it like to raise money in the crypto space and what are your you know general plans uh to, for deploying that capital yeah so yeah we raised a nine million dollar series a back in may and even though it was labeled as a series a it was a, a, effectively our seed round it was our first investment and this was sort of pre pre-product and pre-users so we had we had nothing at that point uh but just sort of like our vision and and, and nine million bucks in the, in the bank at that point now. <laughs> yeah, I know, and uh, yeah. So we we raised from um, Andrews and Horowitz, which is you know a more traditional Silicon Valley VC firm, which is trying to go really hard into into crypto, as well as uh, Variant, uh, which they're uh, Jesse Walden and Spencer Noon, who are actually more on the Ethereum side, and then. Um, also got investment from from Jump uh, Jump uh, Capital, uh, which recently had news today about how they're they're going a lot harder. They're a traditional quantitative trading firm, uh, prop trading firm that's going harder into crypto and Solana themselves as well um, made an investment. And um, the market is extremely hot right now, and it's definitely a founders market. I think not not only in in the in the crypto sphere, but it for for VC sort of uh, venture funding in general, um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of money floating around, um, and so a lot of capital floating around, and there's a lot more types of I guess entities making investments, yeah. not just traditional VC firms nowadays. There's like um, a lot more money on the sidelines figuring out like how they can you know get exposure to the crypto market. So for anybody who's like out there 
you know, maybe trading the markets, thinking about it and say, like, ah, I'm too late. No, if it's a founder's market, like guess what comes after a founder's market? Like these are like still very, very early days. And so um, there, there's still lots of room to run, I think, in these markets. But but what other functionalities um, or chains are you interested in adding uh, to, the, to, to the Phantom Wallet? Um, is that like, what's the main priority? Is it like, you know, we would want to be as many chains as possible um, or is it, we want to like focus in on a few and, and, and maybe develop some DeFi specific uh, functionalities around that or what, what, what's kind of the focus there? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, it's also something that we're sort of continuously uh, evaluating and uh, how, how we're sort of maneuvering, um, especially in this environment that's sort of, you grow as the of, market changes, I suppose, huh? <laughs> there's a lot of shifting sands and, and and all of that. So I don't know. I feel like what yeah, one thing I've learned with zero X specifically is just important to be important to be flexible and important important to be nimble. Um, but you know, for for this year at least, we have we have pretty uh, you know for the to, to the end of the year we have pretty concrete plans. So top priority uh, is is continuing to sort of innovate and 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 dominate in our uh position on solana so you know that's a actively evolving ecosystem there's a lot happening we want to stay on top of it and so um, that's sort of our number one priority second thing is expanding to adding ethereum support for ethereum and that one's going to be very interesting because that will be our first sort of foray uh from being a like a single chain wallet to this multi-chain wallet and so we definitely know we want to do Ethereum and that's going to, uh, that's sort of our, our bread and butter and our experience. So that that's going to be happening this year. You know, the third thing is, is mobile apps. And right now we're just, yeah, we're sort of building out the base of the product, providing things that people ex- expect from a wallet, like being on multiple clients and stuff like that. Where we go next year is still definitely up in the air, whether we want to go harder into sort of, collecting other networks um sort of like building out more breadth versus you know taking a step back and saying like hey we have this good base now how do we now like push wallets forward um right on man well give us a scoop from the solana developers camp what are some of the other really cool things that are being built that we should pay attention yeah that's a good question um what's caught so yeah. your eye what do you have like a little post-it on your monitor oh, like okay when you hear news about this thing go read about it yeah so i guess there's two major sort of camps of things that are happening so there's stuff in the DeFi sphere and then there's stuff in the nft sphere um so personally i've been uh you know been working sort of like in the DeFi space even before it was called DeFi or whatever like since 2017 and seen a lot of different things. And, and personally, I've just been really actually um, surprised and pleasantly surprised at like the uh, the quality of the DeFi apps that are coming out on, on Solana. Um, and yeah, just a good leading indicator is just like the quality of the teams that are, that are building things. And yeah, I've just been surprised and um, yeah, at, at sort of the quality there and um yeah, just to you know, rattle off a few. There's like Saber, Mango Markets, Drift Protocol as uh, is, is a sort of a, a sort of derivatives trading platform that's coming out soon. And um, 
yeah, you know, all, all of those things are sort of, they're things that have been built before in sort of a DeFi setting, um, but they just feel really great to use just because they, they confirm really fast, uh, they update a lot faster, et cetera. And so, yeah, I'm excited just to, uh, for different projects to just to bring DeFi just a, a bit closer to what the experience of like people expect on, on, on centralized finance and all that, all that stuff is, there's a lot of stuff that's going to be coming out that's sort of in the works now. That's, that's awesome. On the, on the NFT side of things, it's a lot more nascent. There is not that, you know, there are not that many, there are, there are projects out there. They are doing stuff that's largely the same that's been going on on Ethereum, but not really pushing the boundaries too much. Um, there are a couple of marketplaces out there, but I think that a lot of them leave a lot to be desired. So I think, yeah, that's sort of like NFT sphere on Solana is definitely a lot more nascent. Uh, but that being said, uh, also a great place to kind of keep your eye on because I think there's a lot of, just needs a little bit more time to, to bake, uh, yeah. so to speak. Very good, uh, very good alpha leak right there. And uh, you know, while we're on the topic of NFTs, I, I wasn't going to ask you, but do you have a hot take on NFTs? Like, do you, you know, a lot of people probably at home are, you know, thinking, oh, well, what the heck was going on? I heard NFTs on the news, uh, but we were, you know, trading crypto, and and a lot of people, I think, you know, we we got a lot of emails, and and people were asking us like, what are these NFTs? Where do we find more information? And do, do you have any sort of like hot take on on you know what these are and why they became so popular? I mean, there's, uh, I, I used to be, uh, sort of like more of a downer, I guess on NFTs, like back in like 2018 and 2019, just like versus, versus DeFi, it just felt a lot more toyish, which I guess is some people actually use that as like the leading indicator that something looks like a toy. Now it's going to be this like a uh, huge thing later. Um, and yeah, I go in between like <laughs> kind of feeling like this doesn't make any sense between that and like, this might actually be the only thing that makes sense <laughs> on, <laughs> on, on, uh, on blockchains and yeah. Why do they got so big? I mean, there's a couple different reasons for like, I mean, with the, the whole DeFi sector is very sort of like the total adjustable market of those types of products is, is much smaller. It's the types of people that are using them are a lot more technical or sort of prosumer type people. NFTs have just like a much wider appeal. So people not not only is DeFi hard to use, but you know, there's there's like, I don't know, it's just quite it's just quite technical in nature. Like yeah, you need not, to understand not, like interest rates and bonding curves and dilution and all sorts of technical stuff. But with an NFT, you're just like, oh, well, it looks cooler than the other guys. And it says that it's you know 0.5% rarer. So we're going to value it more or whatever. And it's like a, a little profile picture. Then I think sometimes the simpler, you know, what is it? K-I-S-S. Keep it simple, stupid. Like sometimes less is more. <laughs> I'm leaving crypto and going into NFTs. Now. <laughs> I finally found my own. But yeah, you know, it basically has like, yeah, sort of a bit, a bit of a wider appeal or addressable market, I suppose. And so, yeah. And I think it's, uh, it's a lot easier to, to, an nft from a regulatory perspective as well and so mm. i think like you know all those things kind yeah of like it, they're, they're stickier they're, they they market themselves a little bit and you don't have to have any kind of like fancy jargon for people to understand they just see this digital thing that they like and they buy it so 
Very interesting. I have, I, ha, I, I really like that take. Um, and I think that, that, that is a great place to, to kind of ask you. And again, we're not, we don't, we're not really in the business of, um, you know, talking about any sort of price predictions on the show or anything like that. But what I will ask is over the course of, you know, the next 18 to 24 months, where, where do you kind of see this entire market going? Um, a lot of people maybe think like, oh, you know, the top is going to be in already at 64,000 bucks and we're already in a bear market. A lot of people, you know, said that we're already in a bear market. A lot of people kind of take the other side and say, oh, well, you know, we've, you know, it's kind of be similar to 2013. We're going to have, you know, a little bit more extended upside. What are your general thoughts on just market conditions? Uh, and then we'll close out. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely not, not a, you know, price prediction and, and, and markets are definitely not like my wheelhouse. But what I will say is that, you know, this time is actually very reminiscent of 2017, uh, in which there was a big boom and then a crash, but obviously that sort of sowed the seeds for what we're seeing today. And so there's a lot of really awesome leading indicators that are, that are positive. So one, there's a lot of capital flowing into the space and that capital is being is being put to use and finding its way to good teams. And two, there's a lot of like talent coming into the space as well. And so, you know, those things by themselves are right are not going to produce like immediate like effects. They need those that capital and teams are going to need some time to to figure things out and 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 build things. And so I, I definitely feel quite you know optimistic about the future in general. In which in which time scale that's going to happen, I don't I don't necessarily know. But there's a lot of really good indicators, like a lot of money, a lot of a lot of good talent flowing in that are hungry to solve like hard problems and and stuff like that. And so I think you know crypto is definitely not going anywhere. And you know I think we're going to see see the fruit of a lot of this sort of labor and 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 capital coming into this. In, into the market right now, um, you know, maybe maybe two or three years from now. Love it. It's awesome, man. I really can't wait to see what the future unfolds itself like. Before we let you go, who's one person that really motivates you to do what you do in this space? Maybe someone that you look up to, someone who maybe helped train you in development, perhaps? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, like, it's like, yeah, I can't say that this person ever, ever trained me or anything like that, or that I have a personal relationship with them. But yeah, I've always sort of admired, you know, Brian Armstrong, CEO of Coinbase. I feel like, yeah, he had such great conviction in the early days of crypto when a lot of people were exploring it and, you know, were perhaps a bit more short-term minded and went off to go different things. But he, um, you know, really sort of doubled and tripled, quadrupled down over the course of 10 years and built this, you know, amazing empire, which is Coinbase now, and then um, you know, I think people have differing opinions about, about Coinbase and and whatnot. But you know, they are doing a lot of amazing work for the for the space in general. One, just like educating users, to educating regulators, and um, sort of acting as like that. I don't know, like first touch point for a lot of people. So yeah, I, I just like really yeah admire admire Coinbase and how how big and and, and dominant became. Yeah, Coinbase uh, is kind of like crypto's gladiator as we kind of throw them into, uh, you know, like you said, you know, they are the touch point between regulation, who is kind of like on the other side and like 
you know, kind of come trying to crack down and stuff. Uh, and they are, uh, they're a gladiator. So I really respect Coinbase and, and Brian Armstrong and, and what they're doing. So fantastic stuff, man. Uh, Brandon, can't thank you enough for spending uh, the, the 39 minutes here on Crypto 101 podcast with us today. Before we let you go, um, what's the, the website that we could direct everybody to that they could go and download Phantom Wallet? Yeah, so our, our website is uh, phantom.app. So it's phantom spelled the normal way, P-H-A-N-T-O-M dot app. And yeah, we're at Phantom on Twitter as well. So that's probably the, the best place to get all the our news and, and updates. All right. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Brandon. We will uh, look forward to having you back on the show sometime soon. Uh, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, everybody at home, stay tuned. Come back next week. We're going to have some more fantastic guests coming your way. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.